0: Welcome in the latest episode of that SEC podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter. And I'm joined, as always, by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Balls on Twitter. What's up, you Tennessee Hober?
1: <laughs> hey, buddy, what's going on? Am I still, oh, am I still recognized as a Tennessee fan <laughs> after all that Kentucky shit? You know? I, lo- I love doing this, I really do. It's one of my favorite <laughs> times of the year. You know, just kind of game prepping and looking at these teams, but man, Vol Nation mm-hmm. is dragging me through the mud right now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, it didn't help either, Shay, when I put out the Mark Stoops graphic, winningest coach of all time. He's he's basically five hundred at Kentucky. But hey, we're not here to talk Kentucky. We're not here to talk Tennessee. Who are we talking we're, about today, Mike? We're st- we're still we people are anticipating the Tennessee talk. We'll get to them pretty soon. But this episode, Shay, we got. The Ole Miss Rebels, oh, okay. All, one of our favorites, Lane Train, Lane Kiffin, trying to rebound from a uh, disastrous end of last season. But uh, yeah, so the fall camp series continues with the Ole Miss Rebels. Shane, and this is always one of the most uh, intriguing teams in the SEC, thanks to the transfer portal. I mean, it's a, it's a, literally a quarter of the roster is brand new. So I can't wait to to break down some old Miss Rebels. How you doing, buddy?
1: Oh, doing good, doing good. Got a little walk-in today in the rain, son. I just, you know, I had a chance to quit, you know, and I was like, you know, I deserve to walk in the rain after what I said yesterday, you know, so I deserve this. But uh, I, all jokes aside, man, I'm pumped up about this Ole Miss team because, you know, this is the one, one of the teams, and if, golly, it feels like I say this every year, Mike, that I've got some question marks. Yep. And, and if I could get those answered, man, and get a pulse of this program, I tell you what, this, this may be one of the most exciting teams in the West. Yeah. <laughs> the last year in the West. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so let's do a quick recap, Shane, like we always do of last season. Eight and five overall, fourth in the West. Uh, they lost in the uh, Texas Bowl to Texas Tech. But the story for Old Miss Shane was the start. Everybody was mocking the schedule. Mm-hmm. They took care of business, seven and oh, but it was so backloaded. We knew. We wouldn't really find out about the Ole Miss Rebels to the final month of the season, and they came up short one too many times. Shane finished 1-5 in five to close out the season, the only win over Texas A&M, which had its own struggles, but uh, collapsed to speak somewhat in, at the end there. But, I mean, mm-hmm. that LSU game went down to the wire, some mistakes in that one. Alabama they had on the ropes. They Had they been able to punch it in on the goal line? I actually just re rewatch that game, Shane, turnover right before halftime, really flipped the momentum in that ball game. Coulda, shoulda, woulda, but, you know, one and five to close out a season is not going to cut it in Oxford. But and then immediately after I, you know, part of that too was all the speculation with Auburn and all that. Yeah. So we gotta include that in there. But uh now it's about upgrading the coaching staff, updating upgrading the roster via the transfer portal. And hopefully if we short up some issues Maybe we can complete a full season here. And hell, they've they've done it once before, Shane. They, they've won ten games in the regular season. That's only been done one time in school history, mm-hmm. and it was when Lane Kiffin was a head coach.
1: Yeah, man. And, and again, this is another one of those programs. You replace some of these close losses with victories, and we got a ten-win season. And we're and we're and we're talking about you know. How great Lane Kiffin is, which some people are still doing anyway, man. I mean, even with the noise, there's a reason that Auburn speculation was floating around because people want him. He's a hot commodity, and, mm-hmm. and Ole Miss gets to keep him for some time now. So, I think that was the biggest win of last year was the extension that Coach got. Yep. But, uh, again, a little more consistency down the back end of this thing, and, and – we got a hell of a schedule. I, I mean, the the Alabama game, like you mentioned, that that one really came down the wire. A lot of people talk about, again, a couple of close losses. You flip those to win. We're talking a different thing with Ole Miss here. We're talk I mean, you were so close to that Bama game,
0: yeah. and
1: and and you, you. I mean, if you got that one, brother, dude, I'm telling you, they're putting a trophy out there in Oxford. Or, shit, right. they're They're putting a statue out there in Oxford.
0: Right, because would, they would have had consecutive 10-win seasons. Again, yeah. that's never been accomplished one 10-win season, regular season until uh, two years ago. But let's start right there with Lane Kiffin. Of course, Shane, it all starts with him. And for the first time, Shane, we got to remember, I mean, this is all new territory. He's putting his roots down. Mm-hmm. He's, he's obviously been head coach at the Raiders. That was very brief. Tennessee was incredibly brief. No, no need to go down that memory late. Uh S- Southern Cal was fairly brief. FAU was brief. Now he's at Ole Miss going into year four. I believe this is the f- yeah first time that uh, he he will be, you know, not on the hot seat. And, <laughs> in, you know, in a job that he's essentially had here going into a year four type deal. So putting roots down, Shane. He's twenty three and thirteen at Ole Miss, and you got to remember that in, that counts a 10 game covid year yeah which it was really only nine because they had the am game canceled but still an all SEC scheduled to start and no disrespect to uh Matt Luke I mean he was you know he's a lifer he's an old lifer, but uh he didn't really have that thing rolling either so it's not like right. he inherited a, this great roster mm-hmm. uh he's 14 and 11 in SEC play three and0 against Vanderbilt two and0 against A&M. And two and zero against Kentucky, he's two and one in the Egg Bowl against Mississippi State, one and zero against Tennessee and South Carolina, one and two against LSU and Arkansas, and Auburn, and he's zero and one against Florida, zero and three against Alabama. So, a mix of wins and losses here, but still, a winning record in the SEC is not anything to shy away from. Uh, he's fifteen and five at home, great home record seven and six on the road so they got to clean it up a little bit on the road but overall i mean i this may be bold shane because he doesn't have that big signature win but there's not five head coaches i think that you would easily take over lane kiffin in the sec is there
1: no no and, and i'm telling you it's it, People wanted him. People wanted him last year. People, it, there's a reason his name keeps popping up because he, his, you know, he's he is a little bit of a roller coaster early in his career, but it seems like he's kind of figured it out a little bit ever since mm-hmm. Saban took him down there. You know, it just it seems <laughs> like he's, you know, he got rehabbed. He's he's back, baby. You know, and, and I think yeah. that's the, the why old Miss fans are so excited, and and I think you know, like you said, this is the first time that we've got a a long contract and long potential to keep him at one university. And he's already killing, he's always going to be killing the transfer portal. But now he has the time to establish some of those pipelines and relationships, especially in the great state of Mississippi. Because I'm telling you, brother, you can create Super Bowl teams with the state of Mississippi if you can just keep those protect those borders. So I, I don't know. I, I'm excited about the future down there. And uh because once they put all these pieces together, this is I mean, this is a sleeping giant, man.
0: Yeah, and two other things I would say real quick about Lane Kiffin that I love, Shane. His ability to identify and coach up quarterbacks is unmatched, and you have to have that. In today's modern college football, you have to have that at Ole Miss where, fair or not, oftentimes in the SEC, the other team's going to have more talent overall than you. But you can make that up with elite quarterback play. Mm -hmm. We'll get to some of the additions they had. But also the other thing that I say about Lane Kiffin every time, and I think this is the highest compliment you can give a college coach, Shane. He adapts to his personnel better than just about anybody i mean the classic example one year at alabama they force fed amari cooper because they, he's yeah. an incredible athlete they, he caught like 100 passes he was the best player on the field get him the ball the very next year they had derrick henry best player they rode him to a, a championship so yeah. he he's many and that's i mean that seems very simplistic but many coaches are not willing to adapt <laughs> to the personnel, to the level. that I mean, again, Lane and we think of offense, we think of quarterbacks, we think of all these things. They have been a running machine because he's got a strong O-line and great running backs. He adapts to his personnel better than anybody.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, that... Give it King Henry the ball. I mean, you can't just use that one example because that's like, well, no shit. I'm going to give him the football a five thousand times a game. But uh, I think that's I think that's the nail in the head. You got great quarterback play with Matt Corral, and then all of a sudden you're like, okay, hey, I've got two amazing running backs. Let's just keep feeding them the, bro- you know. So right. I, I I think that's important because this is what you see a lot of NFL teams do, and mm-hmm. that's building around particular pieces on your roster and then making those pieces better by what you bring in, especially during the transfer portal.
0: Yep. And now a lot of change, Shane, on the overall coaching staff. And it starts, of course, with Pete Golding, former Alabama defensive coordinator, Shane. When he was at Alabama, all five of his defenses, top 20 in the nation in scoring Mm -hmm. defense, four of them. So four of the five were top 10 Scoring defense, that's pretty awesome. But, of course, you could easily say, well, he's got Alabama players to work with. Of course, they're going to be good. He's not going to have those players at Ole Miss. That's a fair argument to make. But check this out, Shane. He was at UTSA as the defensive coordinator before he got to Alabama. He was there for two years. His second year, school record in tackles, tackles for loss, sacks, and quarterback hurries and his uh excuse me that was his first year his second year eighth in the country in scoring defense at UTSA so wow he knows how to take pieces that are not five stars and and get them to be in a uh you know high caliber defense if he can do it at UTSA surely he can do it at Ole Miss you know what
1: Uh, and again man at at the way they play, man, we don't need a miracle worker on that side. We just need somebody to close that gap, and I think they got a perfect hire here.
0: Right, and to boot, he's an elite recruiter. He he yeah. puts in the work on the recruiting trail. We'll get to uh, Walker Howard, the quarterback they landed, but how did they get him? Pete Golding. So he's not just recruiting defensive players. He's recruiting quarterbacks. He's recruiting everybody for <laughs> Ole Miss. They also added a, uh, a new quarters coach, Shane, uh kinoto hudson and you may not know who that is i i would assume most sec fans don't know who that is but he was at western kentucky the last two years shane check this out last year number three in all of college football with 19 interceptions they led the country in turnovers force that wake, excuse me that western kentucky defense and then two years ago his first year there 23 interceptions so mm. Whatever the hell this guy's doing, he knows how
1: to
0: <laughs> k- uh, coach up these guys to be some ball hawks, Shane. And and he coached with Kiffin at FAU and Southern Cal, so there's a there's a connection there. New safeties coach West Neighbors, Shane. He was at Maryland uh, last season, and the two safeties led the team in tackles and interceptions at Maryland. Uh, he and this this is a guy, Shane, that worked for eight seasons under Nick Saban at Alabama. He worked with Kiffin at FAU. So, again, these connections are yeah. strong. They got a new offensive line coaching. He was at NC State the last four mm-hmm. seasons. He had two all ACC offensive linemen last year. Uh, two years ago, the number six overall pick in the NFL draft was the left tackle, coached up by this John Garrison. And surprise surprise he worked with Kiffin at FAU so (laughs) they're bringing back the FAU crowd and also uh, last but not least Shane the running backs coach Kevin Smith who was at FAU with Lane Kiffin followed him to Ole Miss left for Miami for just one season now he's back he recruited Quinshaw Junkins to Ole Miss so we're getting a band back together again and of course he helped recruit and develop guys like On Healy, Snoop Connor. Names that Ole Miss fans know, the rest of the SEC should know. He coached Devin Singletary at FAU. So, an elite running backs coach back here in Oxford. So, a lot of turnover, but I think these are all solid additions to the Ole Miss coaching roster.
1: Yeah, and a lot of pieces, like you said, that he's worked with. You know, sometimes it doesn't take long to figure out expectations and and responsibilities when you're, you're coaching with your buds again, you know. Right.
0: Now, as for the returning production, Shane, Ole Miss, 80% of the offense is back. That's third most in the SEC. So this mm. is our strong position uh, side of the ball anyway. Now we're getting back all these pieces. Of course, Jackson darts back. So we got 95.7% of our passing production is back. That's fantastic. Over 70% of the rushing's back, thanks to Quinshaw Junkins. So I still have my notes from last year. I was just... I don't go too far into what happened last year, but I just thought this was hilarious. Ole Miss last year, you probably have no idea or or even remember how low the returning production was, but it was 4% returning for Ole Miss (laughs) last year. (laughs) But needless to say, they can take basically no experience and turn them into a rushing machine. Receiving yards... 34% 34% are back. Jordan Watkins led is our leading re, uh, returning receiver. And then four of five starters back on the offensive line. So this should be a very potent offense, yeah. particularly if Jackson Dart takes that step forward that we anticipate he will. And, and, hell, Shane, even if he doesn't, we've got a four-year starter behind him in Spencer <laughs> Sanders, who came over from Oklahoma State. Uh, I, I mean they they've just loaded up this quarterback room to where you feel like they have to nail it here don't you think
1: yeah i think so man and, and of course the, the first second one you hit there at Judkins, that's that's my dark horse heisman candidate there i'm, I'm really high on him I, I think with all those offensive linemen back a better jackson dart i mean golly this is going to be an electric offense brother yeah. It's gonna be fun. It's just gonna be fun to watch. You may not be an Ole Miss fan, but if they're if your team's playing or Ole Miss game is on, you're gonna catch yourself watching it because it's just gonna be entertaining.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, as for the defense, Shane, sixty two percent of the production is back. That's sixth in the SEC, so middle of the road. Uh, leading returning tackler, Ashante uh, Seastrunk, seventy two tackles. they their top four tacklers from last year gone. So that's a little bit of a blow. 57% of the sacks are back for the Rebels, and just 50% of the interceptions. They don't return anyone that had more than one interception. So, they really needed to add some, some ball hawks back. When We'll get to these transfers in just a second. Shea, you'll be pretty impressed with the guys <laughs> they're bringing in to uh, to man up its defense, uh, this defense this offseason. season. Yeah. <laughs> Now, like I said, Shane, the transfer portal, it, it giveth and it taketh. And at mm-hmm. Ole Miss, it does both, certainly. So, we like to start with uh, the guys leaving. We got a lot of these, Shane, so bear with me here. Linebacker, Jerion Willis left for South Carolina. Austin Keys left for Auburn. Uh, a couple defensive backs were big losses. Tysheem Johnson to Oregon. Davison, I-Biansen, freshman All-American to Ohio State. Miles Battle, another corner to Utah. So, these are talented players. Yeah. Defensive lineman, Taiwan Malone, he left for Ohio State. Demon Clowney, one of the best names in all of college football. <laughs> I'm just throwing him in there because he was productive and what a name. But he left for Charlotte. Yeah. Uh, Jalen Robinson at receiver, gone to TCU. Dennis Jackson, another receiver, off to Missouri. Casey Kelly, the tight end to Oregon. And – Roman Rashada, wanted to throw him in there, Shane. He's to Arizona State. He's the brother of Jaden Rashada, the quarterback that was all that fiasco down there at Florida. But they were trying to get him to Ole Miss, too. And as soon yeah. as – I would imagine as soon as they didn't get the brother, they said, it might be time for you to move on yourself. You know? <laughs> I
1: don't think things are going to work out here, man. <laughs> Tell your brother what's up. <laughs> but now
0: we get to the – Important part, Shane, the guys coming in via the transfer portal. And, man, there are a lot to list here as well, Shane, starting with – you know, I try to do these in terms of uh, the impact that I think these guys will have Mm -hmm. to the program. And I'm going to start with uh, Zachary Franklin, receiver from UTSA. Shane, he's the all-time leading receiver in that school's history. Check this out. Last year, 93 catches – 1,100 yards and 15 touchdowns. Damn. And then the year before, 81 catches, 1,000 yards, 12 touchdowns. So a very explosive playmaker. I think he's going to slide right into the, to the Ole Miss uh, offense and probably be a starter. They also got a receiver from Louisiana Tech named Trey Harris. He had 106 catches, 1,500 yards, and 14 touchdowns at Louisiana Tech. Spencer Sanders, already mentioned him, quarterback from Oklahoma State. 9,553 passing yards, 67 touchdowns passing. Here's the problem, though, 40 interceptions. So he turns it over a lot. Uh, Nearly 2,000 rushing yards, Shane, 1,956, and another 18 touchdowns on the ground. Highly, highly efficient player. Walker Howard is another quarterback they added from LSU. He was the number six quarterback in the 2022 recruiting class, the number 42 overall prospect. He's the future of the position. They got a linebacker from Louisville, Shane. Many people said this is the best linebacker in the portal. Monty Montgomery, 160 tackles, 23 and a half tackles for loss, yeah. 15 sacks, three interceptions. Incredibly disruptive playmaker. A tight end from Memphis that they're very high on, Caden Priestcorn. 48 catches, 600 yards, seven touchdowns just last season, those stats are. Joshua Harris, NC State defensive lineman, 27 tackles, a sack last year. Victor Kroon, offensive tackle from Washington. Shane, he started the last two seasons as your right tackle. So we got four or five back on the offensive line and a two-year starter from Washington who was very productive on offense last year. They added a James Madison defense alignment Isaiah <laughs> Uku, 40 tackles, 10 and tackles for loss, seven and a half sacks. Linebacker from Central Florida Jeremiah Jean Baptiste Shane, 152 tackles, 14 tackles for loss, two sacks, and an interception. Now we get to these DBs, Shade. Oh, this is when when it gets – I'm telling you, there's a lot of these guys. They need their own damn segment here, man. (laughs) Defensive back Taiji Young from FAU. 159 tackles, seven picks. Here's the best part. Four pick sixes. I mean, that's incredible. 13 passes defensed at FAU. John Saunders from Miami of Ohio, 67 tackles five interceptions, 15 passes defended. Zamari Walton from Georgia Tech, 123 tackles, three interceptions, 17 passes defended. Deshaun Gotti from North Texas, 148 tackles, two picks, 21 passes defended. Justin Hodges from Central Florida, 78 tackles, two interceptions, 16 passes defended and last but not least Dejon Anthony from Liberty 41 tackles three picks six passes defended so this is free agency right <laughs> here Shane I mean they basically said we need help bring as many productive players as we can get and they're bringing them in there no idea how all these pieces are going to fit in a new defense altogether but I mean, you have to like these the statistics and the you know just what these guys have done on the field before they got to Ole Miss.
1: Absolutely, man. That's a lot of numbers, man. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you may have to listen to that part twice just to just to keep up with it. But I, I think there's two two types. There's two approaches when you hit the portal, man. And there's going and picking and choosing three or four athletes you really need to produce, and then it just I kind of talked about it the other day. There's just that Auburn effect. You know, you just go in there and you get as many as you can. And then you filter what you needs to be. You know what I'm saying? It's like yeah. there's there's just two different approaches. And I kind of like this because, you know, numbers are important. I'm not knocking that or anything. But until you get them on that field and you compare them with other athletes that are on your team, you know, you got to find out if they're going to fit or if they're going to start, you know. They may just be – they, they may be in the portal next year or some other school you just don't know and that's what's unique about what, old miss has created down there it's a revolving door so you can't get upset when guys leave because there's a lot of those that you just mentioned that won't be here in two years you know but there's going to be some stars in there that lane kiffin is going to identify and next thing you know they're the next great old miss player so yeah mm-hmm. I, I, i've always been a fan of this approach just because you could get them on the campus and see what you're working with right and kiffin
0: has said this before Shane I mean he's interested in getting guys in via the transfer portal because of the one-time waiver to mm-hmm. where you basically lock people in once they transfer they're not transferring out because they'll have to sit out a year so yeah. there's a method to the madness and I've also heard him say you know it is what it is I mean the players across the board are getting paid would we rather pay someone from high school that we don't know what they can do at this level. Or we'd rather bring in a highly productive player that we know what they can do on a college field that is trying to get to the NFL. Let's bring these these guys in that have done it before. They just got to do it at the SEC level. And, again, like I said, there's a lot of moving pieces, so there's yeah. no telling how this is all going to work. But if it works, I mean, he's a, he's a damn genius.
1: Let me ask you something, because there was a lot of names you went through there, Mike. If you were just to handpick two guys on mm-hmm. that list that you think are going to be instant impacts for this program, which two Which two guys are you looking at?
0: Well, I try to do it in order of biggest impact starting with. So I got to go with yeah. Zakari Franklin, the receiver from UTSA, who just tore up their record books in two years. And then I really like the linebacker, Monty Montgomery from Louisville. Uh, I mean, I think these are day one starters and not just starters, but impact players for Ole Miss this fall. Okay.
1: All right. See, I wasn't even paying attention. Thank you, Mike.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Now, as for recruiting, Shane, 19th recruiting class in the country. That's only good enough for 11th in the SEC. But, again, I don't know how how you really grade Kiffin on recruiting, given the fact he added 40 transfers. You know what I mean? I mean, I kind of factor those guys in myself. But they did add a five-star, Shane, the number one linebacker in the country, Suntarine Perkins. I hear fantastic things about him. He's an edge-type player. I've been uh, His comparison is Micah Parsons for the Dallas Cowboys. So, yeah. you get anything similar to that, you're getting a beast uh-huh. there. Uh, running back, Shane, these are, the rest of these guys are four stars. The number eight running back, Kendrick Rascano. Uh-huh. He, he'll see the field this year number 16 receiver Aiden Williams, the number 17 safety Braxton Myers, the number 24 interior offensive lineman Bryson Sanders, and the number 42 safety Ahmad Brown. So not a deep recruiting class full of impact players day one, but I I really think Sunturin Perkins is going to see the field early and often for the Ole Miss Rebels.
1: You should put his face up on his little – I'm looking at 24 sports here, you know, and I mean, the guy looks like he's, he looks like he's like 45 years old, you know, <laughs> don't he? Could you imagine lining up against that guy in high school? Dude, I would quit. I would quit right there. i say, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. I'm going to work at my dad's construction company. <laughs>
0: All right, Chase, so let's break down the position groups. Uh, by their, you know, we like to rank these by which are the strongest. And you may disagree with me, and that's fine. But I'm going on offense, Shane. I'm leading with the quarterbacks just Mm because of how deep it is. Jackson Dart, obviously. Spencer Sanders. Walker Howard. That'd be enough to probably get number one. But then they just signed Austin Simmons, the high schooler that's reclassified. So four deep here at quarterback, Shane. I I mean, I think this is brilliant because basically what you're doing is – you're ins- ensuring that, uh, you know, you're going to have somebody that can play. Because I think particularly the top three guys here, Shane, you can put them all on the field and you can win with all three of these guys. So if Jackson Dart does not progress, if he doesn't keep that edge, we'll throw in Spencer Sanders. Yeah. If, if God forbid, one or two of them gets hurt, we even got a third in Walker Howard that is the future of the position. Uh, I think Ole Miss has probably got the best quarterback room in the SEC.
1: No shit, Mike. I mean, even over LSU?
0: I think so, because, hell, Walker Howard jumped from LSU
1: to Ole Miss. So, I mean, he, he kind of tilts it. Uh, <laughs> he was a deciding factor, huh? <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. I get behind that. I, th- I think it's a great room, brother. Obviously, I've got a lot of love for that running back crew, but uh, yeah. I-, I would say this is a close 1A, 1B situation, in my opinion, man.
0: Right. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right, because that's where I went next, the running backs. I mean, how could you not? Quinshaw Junkins, the best running back in the entire country, probably. You, you see at Bentley's back for another year. He's a nice uh, uh, complimentary piece to, to yeah. Junkins. Uh, I just mentioned the number eight running back in the country, Kedrick Ruscano and Ollie Scott back. So not a super deep group. I mean, there's there's deeper groups in the SEC, but the star power at the top. You have to include the running backs near the very top of, of a ranking like this.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. But, again, I mean, we're splitting hairs here. So, you could have <laughs> flipped it on me and I'd been like, oh, yeah, yeah, I can get behind that. So, let's just say that offense is loaded.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, and, uh, you know, the offensive line doesn't, never gets enough love, shame. but that, they're third on my list with four guys back with starting experience. Left tackle, Jaden Williams. Center, Caleb Warren. Right guard jeremy james and right tackle micah pettis to go with victor Kroon, the transfer from washington a very talented a very deep group and we also got some quality backups quincy mcgee reese mcintyre cedric nicely we got a nice o-line to work with here in oxford which leaves receivers next on my list again some talent here but not a lot of guys that have made a huge impact at the SEC level, Jordan Watkins, Dayton Wade, Jalen Knox, Braylon Brown are all back. They've all played Mm -hmm. for the Rebels. Then you bring in the transfers of Zakari Franklin from UTSA, Trey Harris from Louisiana Tech, and the freshman Aiden Williams. I think this is going to be an underrated group that you may not know the names now, but I think by the end of the season, most SEC fans are going to know a couple of these names because they're going to be big time players is full.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I, back to the the big boys up front, you know, when you think about four or five coming back and what they were able to do last year. I mean, growing up, that's how you figured out if you had a good offensive line or not. Is could you run the ball? Could you line right. up? Could you could you push the I mean just push him big uglies, get you four or five and and that's exactly what they were able to do last year. I mean, these these guys averaged over 250 yards rushing a, a game. You know that's crazy stats for 2022. You know mm-hmm. you think it would be all about passing. So I I love these guys coming back. I think this is that's a scary room, and uh, they 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 they're bigger, <laughs> they're stronger, and uh, I think that's going to open up some more channels for Juckins and company.
0: And you know you got to mention it, Shane. I mean you got to be in really good shape as a lineman to play under Kiff and the the tempo they go running up and down. the I mean, he, he does not got any, uh, out of shape offensive lineman. They, they wouldn't be able to stay on the field.
1: You know, old school, man, I take you back to high school, (laughs) man. We did not throw the ball. It was all running. It was constantly running. And sometimes we'd pass. It's like, oh, man, you get to sit back. You get, you're get, you not used to it, you know. It's like, man, I wish we could do more of this sometimes. You know? Do we need it, right? Because sometimes you run 15 yards just to find out your guy got hit two yards behind you, you know.
0: So, needless to say, you would have loved playing for Mike Leach. Absolutely, man. Let's just sit in this pocket all day long. All right, so last – I mean, this is a common theme. Maybe I just hate tight end shade or something, but I got tight ends last – we got a ton of potential in Michael Trigg. He didn't live up to it last year. Yeah, I just mentioned uh, the Memphis tr- uh, transfer Caden Prescorn here in great thing. He may even start over Trigg, but if he does, that that should give you an indication of uh, how good he is. And then Bo Thomason from Baylor, another uh, transfer. So not a deep, but a very talented and a potential for a breakout uh, tight end group here for the Rebels.
1: I don't know why you hate tight ends so much, but, yeah. Yeah, let's just put them at the bottom with the rest of them, Mike. All right,
0: defense, this was tough, Shane, because, again, so much turnover. You don't know what they got uh, on the defensive side of the ball, but I went with defensive backs as the best unit. Ishim Young and Prince are back. They were both starters last year for the Rebels. Ladarius Tennyson and Trey Washington are also back. They played. And then all those transfers – Shane Tyjean Young, John Saunders, Zamiri Walton, Deshaun Gotti, Justin Hodges, Deshaun Anthony. I feel like you got that many transfers, you got to have some playmakers in this group. So that's why I kind of put the the defensive backs above uh, the rest.
1: Yeah, I just – depth you know a lot of I think that's what got us in trouble a little bit last year was just not enough depth and and uh so they went out and got plenty of it so we don't know what they look like on the field but I, I will say this man it's going to be a very competitive group there
0: yep and the defensive line is also deep Shane so there's second on my list here uh three starters back Cedric Johnson J.J. Pegues Jared Ivey and then three players that have played JJ J. Hawkins, Z- uh Xavier Harris, Jamon Gordon, and then we got three more transfers. Joshua Harris, Isaac Uku, and Stefan Wynn, who started at Alabama. He, he played at Nebraska too. So he's mm-hmm. he's been a couple places here. But uh, you know, we got six nine here quality line defensive linemen. And I I think uh, you know, this quality unit for the old Miss Rebels.
1: Oh yeah, and I like that Johnson kid, just an absolute freak up front. So yeah. this, this is a this is a fun group too, and it's just it's it's all it's a mix match, you know. It's not there's not the same body top up front, so that's what I like about it. You just don't know what kind of formation these boys are going to get in.
0: Yep, and then last but not least, Shane the linebackers. No starters return, but Ashante Sistrunk, who uh, he's our leading returning tackler, he's back. Mm-hmm. Kari Coleman's a very good player. Tyler Banks, Jameer Lewis, Reginald Hughes all played last year. And then the transfers, Monty Montgomery, Jeremiah Jean-Baptiste. Those transfers have the potential to elevate this linebacker group to To maybe I'm underranking them. But, uh, again, not a ton of experience, but we got some talent here to work with.
1: Yeah, similar to DBs. It's just so many new faces in that room. We just don't know exactly how it's going to shake out. But they've got pieces, so – that's what matters most.
0: Yep. So, here's where I rank the top ten players, Shane, via the – oh, no, wait, we still got kickers. Oh, my God, I almost forgot the kickers, Shane. Oh. Kicker. <laughs> <laughs>
1: we spent 15 minutes in South Carolina <laughs> talking kickers. You ain't going to give old Miss two? Come on.
0: <laughs> now, we got a little bit of a competition here, Shane. Caden Costa, he, he was suspended last year, but as a freshman, he hit 14 of 17, and he hit a 50-yarder his misses the only few he had were from outside 40 so very reliable he's back but they also got a transfer from AM and Caden Davis so a little bit of controversy <laughs> at the kicker position and then we got an Aussie punter I mean it yeah, seems like half all the SECs got an Aussie punter at this point in time Frazier Mason so solid kickers here for the Ole Miss Rebels but I almost skipped ahead Shane this is where we ranked the top 10 players like their NCAA video game. Uh, would if it was out this year? And Shane would kill me if I didn't have Joe Kins first. So give him a 98 overall. I think you were mad he wasn't a 99. Yeah, I first, don't. First have first
1: you given anybody this. 99 yet?
0: Uh, no, I have not. So I mean, far? The, when, I remember it's been a while, obviously, since that game came out. But I feel like they only rank like a handful of guys 99. I mean, this They do not hand those out. Not Jenkins,
1: huh? Is it because he's going to come back next year, you're going to give him 99, so you show (laughs) him (laughs) a That's
0: exactly what it is.
1: Well played, Mike. Well played.
0: (laughs) So, second on the team, Shane, Shane, Cedric Johnson. I'm giving him Mm. a 93 overall. Very productive defensive lineman. Monty Montgomery, the transfer linebacker, 92. Boy, think you're he's all in be... on this kid, huh? Yeah, I'm. I'm telling you, he could be all he's SEC. He's gonna wear his jersey Saturday, huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then this would this is a little bit of a projection, Shane, but I think it's fair. I'm going Jackson Dart, eighty-nine. So, uh, you know, I think that would be a big step up for Jackson mm-hmm. Dart. Uh, Jeremy James, the right guard, give me an eighty-eight for him. I'm also giving Spencer Sanders an eighty-eight. So you can yeah. see that how tight this quarterback competition could really be. Micah Pettis, the right tackles, outstanding, 87. Center, Caleb Warren, giving him an 85. The transfer receiver, Zachari Franklin, I'm giving him an 85. I'm respecting what he did at UTSA. And then Sunturin Perkins, Shane, the, the freshman linebacker, number one linebacker in the country, yeah, 83. So I, that, that should give you an indication. I, th- I think they anticipate he's going to be a big impact player for the Rebel defense mm-hmm. this fall.
1: Forty three year old Perkins, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, I, I think about Jackson, it, it's it's you I mean we're we're ranking what we think they'd be on the video game. And you know, if you're playing a video game, Jackson's exactly who you want at quarterback. You know, somebody that's mobile, somebody that can be accurate, you know, somebody that's got all the pieces. They just gotta put it together. And I think I think that's what's so exciting about this team is I think the ceiling is higher than a lot of these programs because I don't think we've truly unlocked the potential of some of these studs that are – I mean, I mean, you got darted at 89. I mean, if, if he truly has figured it out this offseason, you tell me he's a 95 at the end of the season, you, I wouldn't think you're nuts. You know what I'm saying? I just think yeah. he finally figured it out. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's exciting, brother. Now I'm getting and- pumped up about the video game.
0: You got to remember, Shane. He was only nineteen last year, so yeah. I mean, he has got a lot of untapped potential. I think uh, still ahead of him. You know what?
1: Lane didn't give up on him. I know a lot of people are worried, you know, bringing in these quarterbacks and stuff like that. I don't. I don't think that's what what it was. I think I think the LSU cat was a, a future quarterback mm-hmm. for this team, and and maybe a little quarterback competition or hell i mean he is mobile could get hurt you want a guy that can come in and step in immediately so i think this this was darts to lose the entire time but uh but damn i I mean what i'm hearing if if he does put it together this this could be a scary team
0: yep so what are the biggest camp questions shane for you uh let me do mine first of course but uh, it's obviously the quarterback competition we we think it'll be jackson dart but who knows uh, Spencer Sanders was v- was very limited in the spring, so just because Jackson came out in the spring and you know basically they've been naming the starter, I, th- I don't think they'd be foolish enough to do that because they want to push them both. But if they had to name one, they it would have been Jackson Dart. But let's see how this looks with Spencer Sanders fully healthy. Maybe maybe he's significantly better than we're giving him credit for. Uh, which receivers step up? I think that's a huge question. And then last, this is probably the biggest one, and it looms over the whole thing, Shane. But it's just how do all these transfers fit into the, the culture, the roster? I mean, imagine you're in year three, year four. It's your time, and then they bring in two transfers to start yeah. over you. I mean, how does that affect the locker room? I don't know that we'll get an answer to that, but uh, that, that is a big looming question, I think, I, for Ole Miss. It's going to be every training camp under Kiffin.
1: Yeah. Quarter, quarterbacks easily. Uh, my, I mean, top of my list, just how does this shake out? How competitive is it? How close is it? Is, is Sanders truly giving Dart to run for his money? I would say that would be mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I guess on the defense with Pete there and everything, just kind of, how does that, how does that unit gel? You know, last year we had the luxury of kind of easing into the season. We don't really have that this year. So how I mean, how quick do these guys figure it out? So, that's that's probably me. Who's the team leaders back there? Who's taking control? And what does this defense look like week six, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. All right, Shane, your favorite part. Let's get down to the schedule. Breakdown, win, loss, or toss-up. And, again, we're doing these as Ole Miss homers here. Yes. We got a lot of respect for them Ole Miss Rebels. So, Let's break down starting with the games that I think Ole Miss fans, if you're just looking at the schedule, projecting ahead, should be wins. And mm-hmm. I think some of these are, are fairly obvious, Shane. Right out the gate, Mercer. I mean, come mm-hmm. on. <laughs>
1: come on. <laughs> okay. Change it to Mercy is is it you know my kids got softball and like after you score so many they they like make you switch I I wonder if they're gonna have a rule here on September 2nd when these two teams get together
0: now week two tricky game on the road Tulane just won the Cotton Bowl I think it was against Southern Cal so it's not a gimme but come on realistically Ole Miss fans you expect maybe they'll enter be an interesting game for a half, but Ole Miss will pull pull away in the second half. That I'm I'm counting Tulane as what should be a win. Are you?
1: I'm counting it as a win, and I don't want it to linger around. You know, last year they had a couple of non-conference games that just kind of lingered there for a minute. Well, I don't want to see that. Get right. just go ahead and knock Tulane off. I, I get it. It's going to be one of your your tougher non-conference opponents, but it's nowhere near as talented as as your room. So yeah, this should be an easy win here.
0: All right, then the following week, Shane, Georgia Tech comes to Oxford again. Should be a very easy – killed them on the road last year. You'll probably kill them again this year.
1: Absolutely. Give them a – that should just be a bloodbath too, man. And <laughs> Georgia Tech just – they I don't know. I don't know. I, it still kills me that Georgia has to play them at the end of the year. It just seems like another <laughs> another easy one. But, yeah, that's an, that's that's three wins right there. All right, how about
0: uh, looking ahead on the schedule, Shane, Vanderbilt at home, easy win, right?
1: Easy win, Mike. You're penciling this in. They played it close at half, you know, there, but but Lane ended up getting enough of that point spread action. So, you know, this is, a, this is an easy victory, and they're coming to you this year.
0: Right. And then ULM, I mean, come on. This is a pick-your-score
1: type game. You know what? Come on, how many Louisiana teams got to get beat? You know what I'm saying? Get them out of here. (laughs) And then last one, hey,
0: we'll probably catch some heat for this, Shane. But, you know, on a different show, we said Mississippi State, they expect to win. Well, it's the same deal for Ole Miss because Lane Kiffin got that winning record in Starkville. They expect He's undefeated in Starkville. So, I think Mississippi State, new coach, Ole Miss fans are expecting to win the Egg Bowl.
1: They are expecting to win it, Mike, and expecting to win it big. That's the that's the beauty of the egg bowl. Doesn't matter what year it is, each program typically is going to expect to win this one. Mm-hmm. But I would I would venture to say that some people are putting some pretty heavy bones on here. I don't know if you could bet on this thing yet, but if you can, I guarantee just about every old Miss fan's got money on it.
0: <laughs> All right, how about the toss ups, Shane? And this one, I don't know if you'll agree with this one or not, but LSU comes to town September 30th. I'm counting yeah. this as a toss-up because I think as as high as I am on, on LSU, I think Ole Miss with this offense, we're talking them up. I think they're going to challenge these Tigers. And the game was a lot closer than the final score last year, and that was in Tiger Stadium. So this will be – I mean, it would be an upset, but yeah. I think this is a toss-up game to me.
1: Yeah, Mike. I, I mean – naturally people are going to just consider some of these top dogs, especially defending West champion LSU as a, as a loss. But, you know, as a Homer going into this thing, you, you can't pencil it as a loss. And if it can't pencil it as a loss, then if you got that little, that little seed of, well, the we, we, there's a chance, man, yeah. then I'm going to consider it a toss up. So yeah, I think this is perfect.
0: Now, Arkansas, maybe you even throw this into the win category, but I'm, you know, such a back-and-forth showdown. I, they have literally come down to the final play a couple times here. Arkansas, it is at home, but to me that's a toss-up. Is, is that a toss-up for you, or are you chalking that up as a win?
1: No, I'm going to put that as a win if I'm an Ole Miss fan. I'm looking at my roster. I'm looking at Arkansas. I know they got some they got some things they're going to be working on, but, man, if, if – if we're moving the way we're thinking we're gonna be moving here, I think Arkansas I'm gonna put in as a win.
0: Okay. Now this this is a tricky game here, Shane. There's there's bad blood between Ole Miss and Auburn. And obviously the Lane Kiffin drama here. At Auburn, I'm giving that a toss up as well.
1: Nah, not yet, Hugh. I just, I just, you see all them vacated wins down there in LSU, and then I, but you know, who's up there with them at, I, I thought of Hugh Freeze. And I was like, "Damn, no, not yet, brother. I think, I think Auburn's getting there and mm-hmm. uh, I think it's going to, there's going to be some fun, exciting games that they're going to have. But this year right now, I, I think Ole Miss is a little too far ahead. Mm. Depth wise.
0: Right. Right. All right. Have a final toss up on, on my schedule here, Shane. Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. Kiffin's never lost to A&M. He's kind of owned them. Yeah. That's another one he's got bad blood with. A&M could be outstanding this year. They could be a massive disappointment. I don't know how to read on them either. So, in my mind, I know it's in Oxford. This is a toss-up to me as well.
1: One of the biggest complaints I have, Mike, is that we did Texas A&M so early because I just keep, I keep thinking about that roster they have. But – I'm going to have that one as a toss as well because, yeah, I mean, you're looking at it. I think what Lane Kiffin's, what, two and one? Something like that. Against two and oh. Two and o? oh. Well, shit, man, that's even better. You know what I'm saying? He's got yep. Jimbo's number. He's out here subtweeting everything he's putting out. So, yeah. Yeah, I got this as a toss. Okay.
0: So that means the only likely losses I have, man, it's, I don't know what Lane Kiffin did to piss off the SEC office, Shay, but he's going to Bama. And to Georgia, Whew. brutal, brutal schedule here. Uh, I mean, anybody going into Alabama or Georgia—that's at best a toss, but I—I I think it's a likely loss for Ole Miss. Each of those,
1: I think so too, Mike. I mean, uh, say what you want, Saban play. I mean, he's just kind of got Lane's number, and uh, and Georgia's Georgia, two-time defending national champ. So anybody now. I've been on record saying that's my trap game. That's the one I'm keeping an eye out for, but mm-hmm. I sure the hell ain't putting any money on it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right. So let's break it down, Shane, game by game predictions. And again, as old Miss homers here, mm-hmm. but we are going to pick our damn score week one Mercer, right? I mean, that's, we're talking 50, 60 point ball game right here.
1: Yeah, this one, this is going to be an absolute bloodbath. And – and I think it's going to be awesome because we're really – this offense, returning that much production, you usually see that week one, week two with some of these games where they're not making as many mistakes as they were this time last year. And and I think that's important. So, yeah, this is a tune-up game, easy victory.
0: Now, week two, Shane, I love the fact that it's on the road because I think that will get our team locked in. They have a really good quarterback, Michael Pratt, really good head coach. And they may test this new-look defense, no doubt. But, come on, come on. Out I'm out not thinking too late to beat Ole Miss. I, I, Ole Miss, a top 20 program, maybe even higher this year. So, uh, yeah, it could be close for a little while, but Ole Miss blows them out in the second half. We cruised to 2-0, I think.
1: Absolutely, Lane's. Out, he's checking out that roster while they're in town. Is there one or two of those kids I want to steal? You know what I'm saying? Is this at Tulane? At Tulane, yeah. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. uh I mean, it's kind of cool though. I, I don't think I've ever. I don't remember last time I watched a game at Tulane, but there there will I, be
0: a lot of Ole Miss fans down there because it's you know fairly close yeah. drive.
1: Oh yeah, but I'm just saying that's that's what this is. This is just a scouting game. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so week three, Georgia Tech comes to town again. You you mop the floor with them. It was yeah, it was over in the first. I think it was like twenty eight to zero right out the gate or something crazy. May not be that big of a blowout, but it's going to be an easy win. We're going to be three and zero here.
1: It's just something I hate about Georgia Tech, and I don't know what it is. I just never been a fan of them. Never been fun. Maybe it was the old wishbone or whatever they were doing, you know, and I just said, this is just boring. (laughs) But, yeah, not a fan. Get them out of here. Three wins.
0: Now, here's where things get difficult, Shane. At Alabama, Lane Kiffin and Nick Saban, they got a complicated history. Uh, You know, they know each other so well. I really do think, I mean, Ole Miss has taken Alabama down to the wire, and they've even done it in Bryant-Denny. So, Mm -hmm. There is an possible upset here, particularly, got to remember, Shane, I mean, Alabama, they may have already lost to Texas, they may still be searching for a quarterback, there are reasons to like Ole Miss in this football game, but I just feel i would be kind of damn crazy to be picking against Alabama at home, so I got to give this as the first loss of the season.
1: Yeah, I'm with you there, too, man, but... But you feel like you're closer, you know? I, I feel like you brought it within a score last year. You got a better team this season. Alabama Alabama does have some question marks. You know, a tougher schedule right out of the gate. You never know. But, I, again, we know we're going to get the best of Nick Saban. There's no overlooking Ole Miss just because of this, this uh, relationship these two have. But, you know, as an Ole Miss fan – you ain't marking it off. It's similar to that Tennessee Alabama game last year. I think you know you've you've got a roster that can put points on the board. You've got a defense that may be able to slow down Alabama enough. So with the perfect mixture, there's always a chance for an upset. It's just I can't I can't predict that you know this far out, brother. Um, you know unless the quarterback situation at Bama really just takes a turn. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to give Alabama the the edge here.
0: Now I think this LSU game chain they're coming to Oxford. This could be the one that defines the season. How will Ole Miss respond? They responded really poorly last year when they lost to Alabama. They got steamrolled by Arkansas. The fall it was it was one of those where they let a game beat them twice. I really do think. Yeah. Uh, so th- there's a lot on the line here, and man, Alabama and LSU back to back again. Just brutal, brutal scheduling here from the SEC office. I think this is payback for something Kiffin has done in, on Twitter or something like that. But I want to <laughs> pick Ole Miss, Shane, but I'm I'm sticking with uh, you know LSU is going to be elite. So give me LSU in this matchup.
1: You know it's funny, Mike, because there's tr- there's two true toss games that I'm looking at, and like you said, they both hover just powerhouses. You got Alabama and LSU back to back. You got A and M and Georgia back to back. You know, it's. I mean, you're right. They did not do them any favors here, and and if they lose to Alabama, you know, I don't know how hungover we're going to be the following week. But I think Ole Miss. You got to put a few upsets on the board, man. You know what I'm saying? There's got to be a few of these these toss ups that you're going to give the edge if you're a true. Old Miss fan that that is looking out of the best positive outlook, you know? And so best positive outlook, I'm gonna have to put this as a win, man. We're oh. down there at Oxford. Oh yeah. yeah. Everybody everybody's crowned in LSU and I don't get that. I, I get it's fun, it's sexy, and you know, myself included, I, I was I was high on them on their spring games, but there's still some question marks over there. It's not like this team's perfect. I mean, they did get beat right. by Georgia pretty bad, you know. Yep. Uh just uh and, and hell, Tennessee. I mean, they had a sluggish start. I look at the LSU Arkansas game. I think mm-hmm. there'll be ball games like that. Not every team is just dominant all of a sudden. Right. And and that's why I think, you know, Ole Miss is gonna steal one. And I've got to pick between A and M and L S U. And I'm gonna I'm gonna go LSU. I think that's your I think that's your upset.
0: All right. So hey, all that momentum likely gonna carry over to the next week, wouldn't you think? With Arkansas coming to town again, this will not be an easy matchup. KJ Jefferson, Rocket Sanders. I mean, these, these games are some of the best on the SEC calendar. With yeah. Arkansas and Ole Miss going head to head, very very difficult ball game this is not a gimme by any means but give me them old miss rebels to bounce back with a big win here shane
1: yeah well i'm continuing that momentum train here brother i think this is another victory for old miss um i think you know Arkansas's got, I mean, they got some dudes. We talked about them already. I think they're going to be exciting. I think you look at Ole Miss's schedules, there's just going to be a lot of entertainment throughout, you know, from week one to to week 12. But I I think that, I think they got Arkansas here, brother. I think they got them early. So give me uh, another win for the Rebels.
0: Now, this game's going to be personal, Shane. At Auburn, Hugh Freeze, Lane Kiffin. They're stealing coaches. They're stealing players. They're going back and forth on the recruiting trail. Oh, boy! I mean, anytime Kiffin takes something personally, you better watch out. I'm high on Auburn. I think they can do great things year one under Hugh Freeze. But come on, we've got an established (laughs) program over here. Now we've got a respectable defensive coordinator. We're better at quarterback, running back, offensive line, and perhaps many positions on the defensive side as well. So. It ain't going to be easy. Jordan Hare's a hell of a place to go out to go to go to and and come out with a win, but give me them Ole Miss Rebels to beat Auburn.
1: Oh yeah, man! And there's it is personal. I mean, we have the news from last year. You got Lane tweeting them. You got to remember, brother. It's not Lane Kiffin versus Hugh Freeze. This is Ole Miss against Hugh Freeze, and there's a lot of people at Ole Miss that aren't too happy. With Mr. Hugh Freeze. So this game's personal, and, and and we may not make it personal, you know, on this show, but we should because I guarantee you there's been some boosters that come out and said, I don't give a damn what you do, but don't lay off Hugh Freeze. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so they got two weeks to prepare for this one, so give me another victory.
0: Now Vanderbilt comes to town, and I think we chalk this up as an easy win, Shane, but you got to remember yep. – uh, Vanderbilt was winning this game at halftime. And I think that was the, the start of the seeds of, hey, Vanderbilt's got something here. And they're not a complete roster yet, but they're they're challenging people in the SEC. Now, Ole Miss blew their doors off in the second half. So we got to say that as well. I think they will win. I just don't think it's going to be, you know, automatic 35, 40-point victory like it has been in past. I, I think this could be a, a contested football game but uh yeah i gotta go old miss here
1: oh yeah yeah i i don't think this is gonna make it to halftime like it did last year brother i i just mm. think that there's just too much firepower. vanderbilt's got a pretty good offense and we're gonna get to them but i just think old miss if they put their foot on the gas man if they don't let up there's no way vanderbilt's gonna be able to keep up with them so yeah uh give give me a big win here
0: now, how about A&M, Shane? This is going to be a fascinating matchup. There's another one. Jimbo and Kiffin do not get along. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is nice little rivalry building here. Kiffin has not lost to AM. Beat him last year on the road. That was a hell of a matchup. That was the first start for Connor Wigman. Um, and, and we started to see signs of life from a late in the season. But Ole Miss, of course, finished the deal. Couldn't stop Jugkins. That's this game is going to be won by the defensive line by Texas A and M or the Ole Miss offensive line. Those, the strength on strength, who wins it? Kiffin has not lost to A and M, Shane. He ain't gonna lose A and M. Give me <laughs> Ole Miss and another one.
1: Well, I done kind of tip my hat on this one, Mike. I had to choose. It, it feels like we're gonna pull off an upset because this will be. I think this will be considered an upset. I think by the time yep. these guys are playing A and M probably going to be a top 15 program. I think, uh, you know, I'm looking at LSU. I'm looking at A&M, which one of those they win, which one they lose. So it really was a coin toss, but I'm not calling it a trap game. But, you know, I think Lane feels like he's got their number, you mm-hmm. know. I feel like he may be looking ahead a little bit to that Georgia matchup. So if I had to pick a loss, I'm going to go Texas a and M. I I just think they match up well. And and yeah. and that's what's scary. I love Judkins but and I love this offensive line. But damn they got some they got some big uglies on the other side of that Texas A and M squad and and they have the ability to slow this offense down. So I'm picking one. I'm going with uh I'm going with a loss here. Okay,
0: okay. Well how about at Georgia? I mean we could talk ourselves into a win here for Ole Miss, but it would take a while to get there. You know what I mean? Because yeah. Georgia is just such a behemoth. Playing in Athens is going to be tough, but you could say, you know, this is a week before going on the road to Tennessee, a little yeah. bit of a trap game here. Yeah. Uh, Georgia's, you know, they're going to have a great defense. Ole Miss is going to have a great offense. Maybe we get some fireworks here and, and all it's going to take is some mistakes by Georgia to make us a ball game, give Ole Miss a stunning upset. Maybe this is that signature win yeah. that Lane Kiffin's been missing, but, uh, Man, I I just want I don't want them dogs barking at me. So I I got to go Georgia here.
1: Well, I I I told you. I've told you many times. This is the game that Georgia can't afford to overlook. There's going to be two, three maybe at the most games where Georgia doesn't bring their A game. Mm-hmm. They did it last year. They've always done it. It it seems like there's always been a little bit of a letdown or a lull with some of their opponents and and, you know, of course, they were able to pull it out because they're usually bigger, faster, and stronger. But <laughs> I don't know. That timing of that Tennessee game, uh, I, I think this one's uh, – this should be a high alert for, for a trap. I just – again, similar to the Alabama talk I made earlier, I just cannot put money on it. But, damn, if I was picking an upset, this this may be it. But <laughs> I'm not doing it either, Mike. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So uh, even though we're coming off likely a, a tough loss, Louisiana at Monroe, uh, this is another pick your score type ball game, right?
1: Yeah is is that where Holtz was? Wasn't there a hmm, Lou, uh, not lose boy or something? What? No, there. he was
0: at Louisiana Tech.
1: Oh, okay. We mind. don't
0: even have the Holtz connection down here.
1: Nah, don't matter. I was just trying to make – I was just curious. Every time I see it, I think about it. Such an ugly outfit, ugly uniforms. You know, like you always pick an NCAA, like a team you want to build, and you like doing Louisiana because it's close to Texas, but I just never pick these guys because I can't make those colors work.
0: No. And they ain't going to work November 18th, I'll tell you no, that. they won't. So the Egg Bowl, Shane, Thanksgiving is going to be a great matchup here. Ooh, it's on the road. Again, Kiffin's won on the road, I think, uh, twice now. I, I, mm-hmm. I believe. Or, no, maybe just once. But, hell, they've won here before this game. And, hell, a lot of times the favorite does not win it. So I, I think Ole Miss will be the favorite. Doesn't guarantee anything. But – they really let themselves and the fan base down last year, losing to Mississippi State. Yeah. Came down to the wire, couldn't get it done. Lane's offense, you know, credit Zach Arnett and that defense really stifled them in this one. That's got to sting a little bit. And Lane Kiffin, usually when he his offense gets, uh, you know, stified a little bit, they, he responds well the following year. I think they do it here, recapture that Egg Bowl, bring it back on home to Oxford.
1: Oh man, I'm right there with you, brother. One of my favorite games, if not the favorite game outside of a Tennessee matchup, uh it's just it's just it's I mean, it's just awesome. Your thanks I mean it's it's played on Thanksgiving. It's it's Yeah. It's the only thing we do, man. You know, and I can't <laughs> wait to eat turkey and stuffing and all that stuff and then watch this this barn burner. But uh <laughs> you know, I I'm, I'm old Miss today, baby, so give me another victory for them Rebels.
0: You can believe it, Shane? We're sitting here in the middle of June thinking about Thanksgiving, but that's yeah, that, I know. that's what we do on this show. You know what?
1: I've been on this this damn walk and watching my uh, every time every chance we get to talk Thanksgiving, I'm gonna keep doing it. You know? Yeah. Like, have we talked old Miss yet? Have we talked about the <laughs> egg Yeah. <bowl? laughs> What's your favorite? Like, oh wait, you've already done that. You picked some weird stuff, didn't you? What was your favorite dish? It was something weird, like green bean casserole or something. Yeah, I mean that's a good
0: one. Um, carrot souffle, I like that as well. Sweet potatoes. Can't go Sweet, wrong with wait, that.
1: Wait, what was that? Where did you eat you didn't eat that at Mamma's? <laughs> carrot souffle? <laughs> yeah, she was souffle, none of that shit. I tell you that right now. Oh. Sweet well, potato I, casserole, that was good. Oh yep. man. Oh man, I could get going. The pies, yeah, let's, I mean, let's don't give me any pie. You know what? Let's don't. I just did my big orange walk. I can't be thinking about this. Let it's me. This gate, uh, is gateway talk. <laughs> Next thing you know, I'm in there in the cabinets whipping up something Thanksgiving related.
0: Let me ask you this though, real quick, Shane. Last thing here. So we both got nine and three. Yeah. Which, you know, I don't think Ole Miss fans will be thrilled with nine and three. They want more, and I get it. But that's kind of the danger of just this damn schedule they got, brother. With, Bama and LSU back to back, A and M and Georgia back to back, and there's landmines all over this damn thing with at Tulane, Arkansas, at Auburn, Mm -hmm. at Mississippi state. I mean, even if they go seven and five, eight and four, I mean, they, they could still be like a top 15 team and go eight and four because of
1: who they got to play. You know what? Right. No. Yeah. But, but this Ole Miss team also has a higher ceiling. and, And I think that's what, sometimes gets lost in a schedule like they have right now. You know, when you're locking Alabama and Georgia, yeah, we both had them as losses, but again, they just lost to them by seven. Just lost to Bama by seven last year. What's Mm -hmm. to say they don't keep it a close game this time. So you're closing that gap. And I think that's what gets lost sometimes with the strength of schedule. It's like, yeah, but is this team better? You know, mm. I think this team is getting better. And I think if, if the stars align, man, yeah, we may upset more than, than what we talked about today. But, yeah. uh, but I just think they're getting there, brother. They're getting there. And I think in a couple of years, Ole Miss is going to be freaking damn Hell, it may be next year, brother. I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of putting it out there. They're starting to get this recruiting going. <laughs> they're starting to, I mean, you just need a couple more transfers come in and, and you're right there at it. But but uh yeah this is a this could be a scary team this year
0: yeah well buddy another preview in the books we got several more to go that's going to wrap us up for this week's of shows you got anything before we hop off the line
1: no now i'm starving they uh, rice got cake, rice cakes or something, you know. <laughs> no, nah, I don't do that, but I'll probably drink something over here. Probably I'll just get me another cold beer. That's what I need. Cold beer, go to bed, Shane. You've had enough today.
0: Yeah, yeah sorry about that. But, hey, I appreciate you. As always, I appreciate all the cousins out there for tuning in. Tune in next week. Again, we got several more teams to go. I keep getting... Uh, in the comments, Shane, when are you going to do this team? When are you yeah. going to do that team? How about my team? Well, they're all coming. We started early, so we make sure we got them all this year. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I, I can't wait for the next one. You know what?
1: Yeah, me either. And, again, Mike doesn't tell me until it's last minute, you know. So <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready, brother. <laughs>
0: all right. Well, I appreciate you, brother. I'll catch you on the next one. All
1: right. See you, guys. Hotty-totty. <laughs>